welcome everybody to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen, I'm Ted Flint. On the BMG Network, this program will be about the elections, primarily. Oh, there's a, a story in there about Paul Pelosi we'll get to at the end of the uh, program. But I mean, it's about the elections, these midterms, really. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing, you know, candidates from both parties say this is the most important election in our lifetime. It seems like this one is because the Democratic Party is at war with America and at war with the American people. Now, it pains me to say that in a way. I mean, the Democratic Party is the oldest party in America. Andrew Jackson was the first Democrat elected president, 1829. He would be spinning in his grave if he could see how the Democratic Party has devolved in all these years. These people are flat-out socialists, most of them, if not all. Some are Marxists, but most of them are, are too dumb to know what they are. But they're at war with America, and it's important that we defeat them at every level next Tuesday. It is imperative. Now, I'm already reading stories about, especially in, I think this was uh, Pennsylvania. There are some, you know, phony ballots already being uncovered in Pennsylvania. And this is going to be the norm, evidently. I'm reading a a piece here from uh, Daniel Greenfield in uh, Front Page Magazine. And he says the midterms like the 2020 elections are going to be a work in progress. We're not going to know on election night who won whatever race it is, any given race. They're going to be finding ballots throughout the uh, the week, it sounds like. They say it's a work in progress. I, I bet. The acting secretary of state in Pennsylvania, Lee Chapman, he's a leftist election rigging activist appointed by Governor Tom Wolf, another hard left wing governor of Pennsylvania. And the funny thing is, is that Pennsylvania, the, the legislature is controlled by Republicans, but all the Democrats are in these top positions and they're rigging everything. The Democrats know how to uh, pull all the levers. They're strategists. They're tacticians. All these tactics they use to their advantage. But anyway, Tom Wolf's a governor. Wolf has said it will take days to determine who won. Why is that? Why should it take days? They had a virtual press conference, naturally. They're still afraid of COVID. Well, that's what they're using as an excuse. A virtual press conference. The virtual election boss, who hasn't actually been confirmed by the legislature, warned that it would take several days' worth of work to determine who won what. Chapman is the, this Lee Chapman we're talking about, he's a veteran of the Advanced, uh, the Advancement Project, which is funded by George Soros and the Ford Foundation. That should, that should tell you all you need to know about the Advancement Project. It worked against voter ID rules to stop voter fraud because they want voter fraud. And let America vote. It's a leftist group. And it, it, they, they want to eliminate election security regulations. They're urging voters to feel confident in our election system and in the final results. As, as Greenfield noted, nothing creates confidence in an election system like a radical partisan activist being put in charge of it and then warning that the FBI will target any critics. That's what's happening. I mean, there's so much here to chew on, and it's, you know, I, I dread in a way, I, I'm, I'm optimistic we're going we're gonna to win back the House and probably, the, maybe, the Senate, the U.S. Senate, and some of the gains will be felt here in New York State, hopefully, as well. But Chapman, again, is running the, the uh, election operation in uh, Pennsylvania. He said that this delay does not mean anything nefarious is happening. Now, if somebody tells you no, some, uh, nothing nefarious is happening, what is, what is your first reaction? 
something nefarious is happening. If somebody has to state nothing nefarious is going to happen, you're automatically the red flags go up. Anyway, that's what's happening in Pennsylvania. So they're designing the process to, to, and the outcome to, to suit them. If it's close, you can bet the Democrats are going to win. So uh, all eyes in Pennsylvania are on the uh, Senate race there. Dr. Oz, the Republican, is uh, going up against John Fetterman, the Democrat. And, you know, Fetterman, as you, most of you know, has suffered a stroke, a pretty severe stroke in May, and he's not fully recovered. If you've, if you've seen the, uh, the debate the other night, he is just, you know, far from back to where he should be. Now, he's not an unintelligent man. Fetterman, I guess he went to Harvard, which should count for something. It used to anyway. Uh, means he's an educated idiot. Everything he knows is wrong, probably. But Fetterman shouldn't even be considered for such a high-profile government position in his condition. And now the left, people on the left are saying Oz is, they're referring to him as an ableist because he's not sensitive to uh, Fetterman's handicap. And you can't even say handicap anymore. Well, I just did. He's handicapped. And uh, But anyway, that's what's going on in Pennsylvania. And I guess the race is uh, back to pretty much a toss-up. Fetterman was up by four, if you can believe that, before the election or before the uh, debates. Now he's down. He was down by three. And I read today that the uh, some polls have him ahead. The Siena poll. (laughs) What is Siena doing polling a race in Pennsylvania? Because they oversampled Democrats. So they got they have Fetterman ahead. I I don't believe it. I think I think Oz is going to win. I think it's going to be tight, a lot tighter than it should be. And I'm going to finish up on this piece here from Daniel Greenfield in October. The Supreme Court threw out a court's illegal ruling that that barring undated ballots violated the Civil Rights Act. If the ballots are not dated properly and are not signed properly, they're not valid. They need to be thrown out. So the Supreme Court threw out a, a lower court's illegal ruling that barring undated ballots violated the Civil Rights Act. The judge decided that when it says the elector shall fill them out, date and sign, the date is actually optional. Because the word shall is not mandatory. You see how these people operate? You've got to be exact. But Chapman says the Supreme Court ruling on undated ballots provides no justification for counties to exclude ballots based on a minor omission. And we expect the counties will continue to comply with their obligation to count all legal votes. We'll see what happens. We'll see. If Oz doesn't win... Uh, I'd be I'd challenge the results. You know, they're going to say, well, you know, the Republicans are going to try to steal the midterms. Hillary Clinton was out saying Republicans, uh, conservatives, right wingers are going to steal the election, st- steal the midterms. These these people are guilty of the very things of which they accuse us. Have you noticed? Hillary's an election denier. She denied that Donald Trump won outright in 2016. So uh, that's Pennsylvania. In Michigan, the Secretary of State there, Jocelyn Benson, warned that unofficial results might only be available or be available only within 24 hours of the polls closing. Sound familiar? Sounds like 2020. In 2020, Benson, by the way, a veteran of the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a hard left-wing group and assorted structural initiatives to benefit Democrat voter strategies nationwide, warned that, quote, we should be prepared for this to be closer to an election week as opposed to an election day. What happened to voting on election day? I don't like this early voting in the mail-in voting. It's nonsense. There are, you know, ballots for the people in the military, but this early voting is for the birds. It's just going to be fraught with all kinds of shenanigans, as we found out in 2020. 
Why should it take a week to count the results? Vote on election day, have the results by election night or early the next morning. This is unbelievable. Last month, Governor Whitman and Republican legislators gave election officials two days to pre-process and prep absentee ballots. After demanding that authority, Benson and election officials claim that it'll do no good. The majority won't pre-process, and Benson says that there isn't enough money to actually carry it out. With at least 1.8 million absentee ballots coming in, there'll be you can bet there'll be plenty of excuses for delays. You can see this the handwriting on the wall already. In New York here, I think all eyes are on the governor's race. Most eyes. I mean, I think I think Lee Zeldin has a, a legitimate chance of winning. First Republican in the governor's mansion since George Pataki in 02. And there are some parallels to what happened in Virginia uh, last year. The governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, was in New York uh, this week to pass the baton, as he put it, to surging fellow Republican Lee Zeldin. Polls show uh, the, the uh, Zeldin campaign against Go- uh, Governor Kathy Hochul. Now, it's now a toss-up. I guess one poll has him a fraction of a point ahead. Most have him, you know, three or four points down. I think Sienna, they're, they're probably eight, ten points uh, for Hochul. But anyway, I think it's going to be a very interesting race. As you know, Youngkin, most of you know, if you follow politics, Youngkin beat uh, former Governor Terry McAuliffe, a big upset in Virginia. And I think I think we're poised for another upset here in New York. I think Zeldin is really closing the gap in recent weeks, and he can beat uh, kickback Kathy. I think she is vulnerable. She's weak. She's an accidental governor. She was a lieutenant governor, and then Cuomo had his troubles and resigned, and she walked into the position. But, I mean, Zeldin's campaign is f- focused heavily, correctly so, I think, on crime and inflation. People are worried about the prices of uh, groceries and gasoline and and gasoline, diesel. Diesel fuel is like six bucks a gallon. You can't run anything, and I mean anything, without diesel. And that's the, those are the issues, crime and inflation, illegal immigration, and that's the that's the focus of the Zeldin campaign, and I think it's a wise one. I guess he's up in uh, as far as independence, he's wooing independence, and he's more successful so far than uh, Hochul's been at wooing independence. So both uh, Hochul and Zeldin have six million dollars in their uh, coffers for the uh, final week leading up to the election. So they they've they're saving all the big money for the last few days here. And Yunkin is not the only Republican governor. I guess Ron DeSantis, Florida's governor was with Zeldin on Long Island this past weekend. And uh so they uh, they're they're focusing on they know that Hochul is vulnerable. She's a weak governor. She's corrupt as a day is long. And I can't see how she can win. Even Democrats even though they have a five to two voting enrollment advantage, I think in New York State at least two to one. I think it's closer to five to two. In New York City, it's even a bigger margin than that. I think a lot of Democrats are disaffected with her performance and the crime and the the whole uh, you know the whole nine yards. I think they're ready to make a change here. Let's hope it's like 1994 when Pataki threw out uh, another four-term governor Andrew Cuomo or uh, Mario Cuomo. Those are good days. I remember that. Race. I'll never forget 1994. It was a friend of mine ran for the assembly against Paul Tonko in the 105th, then the 105th, and he came real close. John Gentile, a buddy of mine, and uh, we we celebrated. He did really, really well against Tonko, and of course, Pataki swept into office uh, over Cuomo. Okay, what else we have here? I mentioned uh, Paul Pelosi. That this story is just. There's so much about this story that makes no sense. I mean, the guy's 82 years old. He was attacked allegedly attacked in his own home. I mean, he was attacked. 
which is hard to believe. I mean, he lives in a, an area, a very gated community. Obviously, Nancy Pelosi was, uh, uh, you know, they have uh, armed guards at all times around their uh, estate. I mean, they, they don't live in uh, in some apartment complex. They're very, it's a very ritzy area. But I guess this guy uh, came in there, he's 45 years old. He's in his 40s. His name is David LaPave, I guess. This guy's a nutcase. Hit uh, Pelosi in the head with a hammer. And I guess he wanted to, what I heard today, he wanted to hold Speaker Pelosi hostage and then break her kneecaps. And at first, I'm sure you remember that the, the left accused, you know, the MAGA Republicans of, of being involved in some way in this attack. And it turns out this David LaPave is, is a left winger. He's one of these BM, uh, BLM or Antifa types. Actually, he's also an illegal alien. He's here illegally. He overstayed his visa, which is the case with most illegals. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was in D.C. at the time, so she wasn't home during the attack. But this, this, uh, uh, her husband, 82 years old, Paul Pelosi, was uh, bloodied up pretty good, but he's going to recover. All right, what else? I guess that's about it. That's all we have time for. This, it's been a quick 15 minutes. Again, it's all about the elections. Get out, and we'll do another show, at least one more show before the elections on November 8th. But you have to get involved because I'll tell you, these Democrats are, you can't trust them. Schumer had a debate this week with uh, Joe Pinion, who's running against him. Nobody knows Joe Pinion. I talked to people at work. They never heard of him. And the people with whom I work at the assembly are politically connected and, and, you know, presumably know about some of these races. They never heard of Joe Pinion. I guess he's a contributor uh, with Newsmax and he's a consultant, I guess, out of Yonkers, a business consultant. But Pinion's running against Schumer and I don't know what kind of chance he has against Schumer, but Schumer is running campaign ads. And I don't think I've ever seen a campaign ad from Chuck Schumer. So he's nervous. These Democrats are nervous. Tonko's nervous. He had a debate with Liz Joy the other night. One debate. That's all they'll do. Schumer, one debate. And Schumer did not address any of the uh, criticisms from Pinion during the debate. He wouldn't even look at him. They're lying low. They are basically campaigning from their basement. They would if they could. They know what's happening. They know the handwriting's on the wall. They're going to get shellacked next Tuesday. Maybe not Schumer, hopefully Hochul, and hopefully Tonko, because he's been around way too long. He needs to retire. That's all we have time for. My voice is is, uh, failing me. So uh, thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Go to the BMG Network for all the fine shows we have for you. Great podcasters. My daughter is in that mix. Madeline with The the Essentials with Maddie Flint, which airs on Friday. Uh, Adrian Ross has a show on Tuesday. This program Wednesday, sometimes on the weekends. And we have uh, columns up there for you as well. The PAC Perspective. The BMGnetwork.com. And don't forget, please hit like, share, and please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when we do shows. Again, at least one show a week. And, uh, and share on social media and tell your friends about the Pac-Man show with me, Ted Flint. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man podcast with Ted Flint.